This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us with the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we continue a theme that we started yesterday. And that theme was triumphing in the Lord, getting victory in and through Jesus because of what he has accomplished at the cross at Calvary. We started yesterday's program by reading a devotion by E. Stanley Jones, a great man of God who was a missionary in India for over 50 years. And he was talking about the life of Paul. And perhaps we could sum it up by looking at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14, describing Paul And uh, he was sharing, Paul was sharing his testimony with Timothy. It says, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And Paul had to be amazed because he was a blasphemer. He was a persecutor of Jewish believers that believed in Jesus. And yet God's grace overflowed with him. And that's the theme we want to pick up on now, because Paul had to create coin new Greek words to express his love and appreciation for what he received from Jesus. In other words, he was not limited by an ordinary language. And that's what we're talking about. And we shared yesterday that in the midst of studying for this, one word came to my mind, and I believe God gave it. And that word was extravagant. And I believe God is calling us to live extravagant lives Because listen to some of the definitions of extravagant, Junie, as we said yesterday. It's lacking restraint in using resources, all right? Too often we restrain ourselves by uh, not using the resources that God has supplied to us. And this, then the extravagant is lacking restraint. In other words, there's no restraint in using the resources of God. The word itself means lavish. Another definition of extravagant is exceeding what is reasonable. How often do we try to live uh, ordinary, reasonable lives? Well, we don't have reasonable or or ordinary lives anymore. When we become a born-again, spirit-filled believer, we enter into the realm of the supernatural. What Jesus did was supernatural, and that impartation needs to be in our lives, supernatural. And I love this this definition. It's going beyond a normal limit. Remember, when we become believers and get filled with the spirit of a living God, we are 
we're we're not normal. We're supernatural. We're not super. Uh, we're not normal in ordinary means of living. We become a a demonstration of the supernatural life of our Messiah. And that, Shelley, is because after the resurrection of the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, on the day of Shavuot, Pentecost, which was 50 days after Passover, Jesus is our Passover lamb, he sent the spirit of truth to us, the Holy Spirit. And when we allow his life to be lived in and through us, there's no restraint in his yes, life Lord. because Jesus is beyond the Lord. There's no restraint with the Lord. We restrict the power of Jesus's life when we live fleshly, soulish lives, which means we allow our flesh to rule our life or what we think or feel to rule our life. We live on our own understanding, and we're warned in the Old Testament not to do that. Don't live on your own understanding. And all our ways were to acknowledge God, and he'll direct our paths. So um, it's a very exciting subject to grasp and get hold of what Yeshua, what the Messiah did for Israel, for the church, for the whole world. And he opens up his arms and his life to every listener to cry out to him, to get to know the King of the Jews, the Lord God of Israel, the Messiah, and the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. Well done. Well said, Junie. So Paul introduced new words into the Greek language, which was never used in classical Greek. And we want to give examples of them. And yesterday we started by looking at Colossians chapter 2. I'd like to read from verses 11 to 15. In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Verse 15, And having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. In what? In the cross, in dying on the cross. And Paul introduced this word triumphing, a word that was not found in the Greek language. And this word in Greek is pronounced something like triambuo. It's more than just to triumph. It's to conquer, to give victory. This is a triumph over spiritual forces in the New American Standard It says, he disarmed the rulers. He's speaking of the cross, that Jesus' victory was over the dark principalities and powers. Now, what should this mean for us today? Well, this should give us such courage and strength to achieve a triumph over the enemy that's been disarmed. 
Paul, he had to create a word to explain. He was probably, he was probably beside himself. He couldn't contain himself. He wasn't limited. And we need to start living that kind of life, extravagant for the Lord Jesus. And if we read, Shelley, in the book of Acts, uh, Paul was Rabbi Saul. And uh, how he got converted on uh, the road to Damascus, where he was going to be uh, persecuting Jewish believers in Jesus. And after he came to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus as the Messiah, King of the Jews, and the Son of God, he suffered greatly. So to the world, it would have looked like he was a loser. And yet, look at what he's saying in all these epistles yes. that were more than conquerors through Christ, through the Messiah, through the Lord, through the Anointed One. And how could he say that? He could only say that, Shelley, through the power yes, of the Lord. life of the risen Messiah. Because naturally, our flesh would tell us, this isn't worth it. Look how we're suffering. Or our mindset would be, go party and have a couple of drinks. Really? Or our feeling might be, this is not fair. Why do they hate me when I gave them so much, when I loved them? But that's not Jesus. That's yes, who Lord. we are. We're fallen beings that Jesus saved. So when we live or allow Christ, the Messiah, to live his resurrected life through the spirit of truth that he sent us, the Holy Spirit, there's no restriction and yes, no restraint. Lord, We're Freedom. beyond ourselves yes. because when we should be crying, we feel victory. Yes, Lord. When we're dying, we're literally dying, we would be excited. Why? Because we'll soon see the face of the Lord. Hallelujah. So our life becomes a witness to everyone who knows us. And that's how we should all live. Every listener, you and I, Shelley, we should be witnesses of the supernatural power of God in us. Extravagant witnesses, really. Amen. All right, let's look at another verse where that uh, word is used. That uh, word, I don't know if my pronunciation is that good, Friambuo. Why don't Sec you spell it, Shelley? Well, three, T-H-R-E-E, A-M-B-Y-O-O-N-O. -O -O. So for Greek scholars, help me with the pronunciation. But let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the only other place in the New Testament where that word appears. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Remember, all of these things done are in and through the Messiah. So this word implies not only a triumph, but a public display of the victory. And I was reading, Junie, that when the Romans triumphed over an enemy, they had a procession and incense was burned with different effects some thought it was a pleasing aroma, while others thought otherwise. But Paul no doubt had this in mind, because let's read 14 through 16 in, in 2 Corinthians 2. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us every place. For we are unto Christ a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved, 
and in them that perish. To the one we are a savor of death unto death, to the other the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. It seems like we are a sweet savor when we live a triumphant life in Christ. And you know, Shelley, this, these verses explain exactly why we would experience persecution from unbelievers really? or religious Christians or our people, the Jewish people who don't know yet the Lord. We're no longer a sweet-smelling savor, but we actually are a stench unto yes, death. Yes. And that's why we need to live in and through the Messiah who loves the sinner, who loves Israel, who loves the church and desires to transform us into one new man, Jew and Gentile, into one new man. And only he can do it, Shelley. So it's not our Thank righteousness. You, yes. It's the righteousness of the Lord as we allow him to live his life in and through us. And if the eyes of our understanding are open, Shelley, then... We live extravagantly. Thank you. Thank yes, you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that Junie and I and all of our listeners could begin to live extravagant lives according to the word of God. Yes, Lord. That Paul's life should be a demonstration to us because he imitated Christ. Let it be for us as well. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.